Hello and welcome to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, I'm Blaine Bartlett, and this is The Soul of Business. And what we're gonna be looking at today um, really is about connection. My guest today is an absolute world-class expert in connecting. Um, Tony Martinetti is a uh, leadership coach. Uh, his uh, pedigree and his uh, uh, background is pretty extensive in this uh, field we call leadership. and Tony, I want to just welcome you uh, to the show, and I really am looking, I've, and both looking forward and have been looking forward since we booked you uh, to this conversation, so welcome. Thank you so much, Blaine. This is really a pleasure to be here, and looking forward to having this conversation. Yeah. Well, as you know, I mean, the show is called uh, The Soul of Business, and that almost is an oxymoron for a lot of people. You know, when they hear soul and they hear business, it's kind of like oil and water. Yeah, <laughs> where's the fit? Um, so when you hear the phrase, the soul of business, what does that evoke for you? What does that bring up? Yeah, I'm so glad you, you say it like that because um, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, it, it, for me, um, I'm on a mission to make sure we put the soul back into business um, and what it invokes for me is about connection. It's about really ensuring that leaders see that uh, the more that you can um, be in connection with your people, that you can um, create a business that has a soul and that really cares about its people and making an impact on the world, yeah. uh, which is what companies really should be in the, in the um, business of. Yeah, I mean that, that basically begins to define the value statement uh, yeah. in a non -mon you know, non monetizable sort of a, a vernacular. Um, yeah, you, you know, just in the way that you describe that, you know, connecting you know, back to or bringing the solo business into. Um, would you say that every business has a soul to start with? Um, you know, it. Uh, I try to avoid speaking. Put you on the spot here a little bit. No, it's no worries. A question for me. Yeah, I love this question because it's uh, the reality is, um, you know, every founder um, is the the starting point of every business, and so you you know the expectation is that that person who starts it comes from the right place initially. Mm -hmm. They have an expectation that they're building something that's going to be beautiful. It's going to be something that's going to um, make an impact. Um, oftentimes things lose their way. Um, and in, sometimes it loses its way uh, when the baton is passed and when things grow. Um, so, so yeah, I, I would answer that to say that sure, every business does start with a soul of some sort, um, but it's eventually can lose its soul and needs to be refound. Yeah, and, and I think that that is the crux of what we find today uh, in what we call modern day capitalism. Um, mm. we, yeah, we, we have lost that soul connection in so many ways with so many businesses as the focus shifted from the original mission to one of let's ensure that the business is healthy. And that those are two, you're two very, and is the mission healthy or is the business healthy? They, they aren't uh, uh, diametrically opposed. You have to have both in place, but I think we've defaulted to is the business healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with good intentions, I mean that, you know, they think the, the thinking goes that a healthy business helps to survive and keep people employed. 
But in reality, you also want to make sure that people are employed and they're, um, they're feeling fulfilled too. Right. They're feeling um, that they want to be there, not just because they're collecting a paycheck, but because they're also enriching themselves. Um, yeah. I talk a lot about this, just uh, um, this whole concept of people saying, okay, well, you're either disengaged or you're engaged. I take it to the next level and say, why can't people be enriched? I love that. Uh, you know, yeah, you disengaged, engaged, you know, you're most likely familiar with Gallup's uh, ongoing yeah. study of employee engagement and or disengagement. 87% of the people worldwide are disengaged from their work in some significant way. Um, and my, yeah, and it's interesting when I started, started and this goes back a number of years before I wrote Compassionate Capitalism and I started really looking at you know, why is this pandemic? And I don't mean this from a COVID perspective. I mean, a pandemic of disengagement, so pervasive. And there's a, you know, there's a poverty of meaning that seems to come into play here when people are at work today. And it has to do with that lack of connection to something that gives, you know, I love your word here, enrichment or the possibility of feeling enriched by what yeah. I do. You know, I'm, I'm going to spend 12 hours a day, most likely, uh, either commuting to and working or commuting from and working or just working. Um, mm. And that's a significant chunk of my life that I don't get back. Is it enriching me? Yeah. 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 So rather than spending time, am I investing time in a way that actually is you know, giving me a return? Yeah, exactly. So, and, and, it, and I think there's two different angles to look at it from. It's, it comes from the top, the leadership taking a stance of what do I want for my people, the people who work in this organization, but also for the people who work there to, to come to work with the expectation that they're going to give and receive. Mm -hmm. um, it's not only on leadership to, to deliver uh, an environment for them to thrive, but for employees to also see it as, hey, this is my opportunity to, to be enriched. So um, I kind of put that on its head, if you will. Yeah. No, I, I think that that's a perfect place to actually put it in one sense. Yeah. Uh, the idea of you know, personal responsibility, mm. uh, other than foisting the responsibility to somebody else from my experience of, you know, of thriving in my life, Mm. Um, if, if I'm coming from that position, I mean, Jim quick, a good friend of mine, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, just wrote a book, um, I, and I, limitless uh, breakthrough, I think is what it's called. Oh, limitless. I have limitless. Right yeah. Limitless. Do you, do you have a copy of it? <laughs> yes. Oh, good. Yeah. There it is. Hey, <laughs> limitless. Perfect. Um, yeah, I was interviewing him on a uh, uh, LinkedIn live show the other day, and we got to talking about superpowers. And mm. I think if I had a superpower, you know, the superpower I would love to have demonstrated globally is a sense of responsibility, acting as if I am completely 100% responsible for the experiences I have in my mm. life. And if I'm coming from that position, it's almost impossible for me not to be touching soul in some way, shape or form. Yeah, yeah that's beautiful. I'd like to share something with you real quick. I, I spent some uh, many years at a company called Genzyme. It's a biotech company. Genzyme, yes, I'm familiar with them. Yeah, yeah um, under the tutelage of uh, Henry Tamir, who has since passed an amazing leader. Um, one of the leaders there, not Henry, um, 
he used to tell me this. He's like, if it is to be, it's up to me. That um, has always stuck with me because it's something that has made me think about what is, you know, when I think about my path and my trajectory, if I want to take ownership of my uh, experience, it's up to me. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a good way to remember that if it is to be, it's up to me yeah. to make that happen. Yeah. Nobody else is going to hand it to me and just kind of create that path forward. Well, you know, I, I'm a student of Stoic philosophy. And one of the things that uh, Marcus Aurelius and Seneca mm-hmm. and Epictetus, you know, what all speak to is I can't control external, you know, externalities. Yeah. All I have control over is my thoughts, my behaviors, my feelings, and my attitude. And if I bring a full deck of cards to that, you know, with, with that in mind, I've got a pretty good hand that I can play in life, I think. Absolutely. I and, love that. Um, you know, you've got um, three lessons that you speak to in terms of your own personal journey. Uh, and, this, and this kind of moves into the whole domain of leadership. Uh, because that's where you actually excel is in coaching high performance teams and mm-hmm. also leaders. Um, the three lessons that you speak about, I mean, I was on your website, I was kind of digging around and, and I was really struck by them. So yeah, if you want to kind of just, you know, they, they, they're all organized around patterns. And, yeah. and one of the things that I like about that is we are, we are pattern making machines. <laughs> yeah, no and, doubt. Yeah. And it's in, once we drop into a pattern, it's hard to get out of a pattern. And, you know, the, the listener right now can't see the T-shirt that you're wearing, but it, you know, it literally <laughs> is think outside the box. Yeah. And that's another way of saying, get a, get, you know, step outside of the pattern. And, yeah. and I'm bringing this up because when we look at reconnecting to the soul of business, the paradigms that are in place, the, uh, the culture that is in place represents the box. And it's yeah. the habits, it's the patterns, it's the ingrained ways in which we interact and behave. You know, talk a little bit about your three lessons, because I thought that they were actually pretty, pretty succinct in terms of being able to do that. Yeah. And it's funny you even mentioned about the box. It's one of the things that, um, and starting with the self and making sure that I personally got myself out of the box and stopped worrying about how I categorize myself, which was another thing that, um, that's why I always think about the box as being the limitations and just getting out of it and saying, I don't want to say, this is who I am. This is what I am. I don't have to limit myself. I want to be limitless. And so that's kind of where I've always think about boxes and how I just don't like boxes anymore. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's really the starting point, but the, but the lessons that I, that I lean into the breaking the patterns. Um, I love the fact that it's just, it just takes tiny steps of getting out of your comfort zone that makes such a big impact one step at a time. And eventually you are in this place where, you're doing the thing that you had set out to be doing. Mm-hmm. And that to me was a big lesson uh, around my path. It was huge. Um, yeah. So, you know, I talk about comfort zones a lot. Um, that's a, a big part of what my life has really unfolded is just making sure that I'm constantly doing something on my growth edge mm-hmm. uh, and getting uncomfortable. And, so. yeah, and what I like about that is it's not, in, in some of the leaders that I've worked with, yeah, they, they, they get these, yeah, BHAGs, you know, Jim Collins's term, you yeah. know, very audacious goals. And it's kind of like, oh my God, how are you going? Yeah. And it's tiny incremental steps that actually, yeah, that, that actually make the difference. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm reminded of the, uh, the British uh, uh, Tour de France team, uh, cycling team. They'd never won a, you know, they'd never won a medal at all in any 
competition they'd entered. The new coach, and I, you know, I'm going to butcher this story a bit here, but he essentially said, look, we're just going to work on some very small little things. Forget about winning the tour. Mm -hmm. We're going to work on just improving small incremental pieces, how you sit in the saddle. Yeah. Uh, the rotational speed of your uh, uh, pedaling, uh, you know, how you shift. I mean, just small and little small incremental things. Over time, they started to stack. And the next thing you know, you know, the British team has won the Tour de France. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and he says it's because of these small incremental uh, aggregated steps that over time produced a phenomenal, big, hairy, audacious goal. But yeah. that wasn't the target. The target was the small piece. And it gets outside of the comfort zone. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And, and it's, it's really, you know, it's hard because it's like when you first think, okay, well, there's no way that I could be, you know, uh, someone speaking on a stage and, you know, and motivating people to do something, you know, big in the world. But when you, you know, start to kind of take those one steps, what if I were just to do, to put a video out there or to create something just small before you know it, you're doing that. And then you're doing more of them. And then you're doing, it's just, that's how this becomes. I was just thinking about this recently about, you know, people who like the Tony Robbins or someone like that, who's on stage, you know, being motivational. There's nothing that stops me from being as big as that. Exactly. There's nothing that stops any one of us from being a leader of a Fortune 500 company. Um, the only thing difference is that we, they took steps. They took them to that path. And that's what's kind of beautiful when you, when you think about um, the, the steps that are taken. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's, it's another way of saying, I think, you know, behave today as if the future were already here. Yes. And and I can't know exactly what that looks like, but I can take approximated steps. I think it might look like this. So I'll take that step. Mm. And, then, and, and then for me, the litmus test is, does it scare me? Mm. <laughs> if, and I'd say, and I'm like, oh, no, you know, it's not scared in the sense of, oh, my God, I'm going to die. But does it feel uncomfortable? This is an awkward yeah. way of, I mean, this is, what would they think? What would they think? Hey, uh, is this right? I mean, all, all of the voices start to come up. And that, then I know I'm on the right track when the paradigm starts to scream at me. Yeah. So it's funny. I've, I've been leaning into something around this. Like, well, first of all, I see it as a, as a place to come from as first of a place to come, come to go to. Yep. And that's where, you know, you're kind of, it speaks to what you're just saying is to say, you know, this is, uh, if I say that I want to be, uh, you know, a uh, champion cyclist, mm -hmm. then I just say I am a champion cyclist and it starts to kind of just become that thing that you are. And um, that's, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, but one of the other things that, that has been interesting is to, um, it's to really lean into this, this fact that when you um, want to become like, um, if you want to get in your comfort zone, get out of your comfort zone and do something different, you have to be willing to feel so many things. Mm -hmm. So there's this element of opening yourself up to the feelings of rejection, opening yourself up to the feelings of, pain and um and not feeling great but failure um those are things that when you do that you're able to really excel on your path to become great it's uh it's a powerful thing to accept those feelings oh it, hugely uh and it's vulnerability uh yeah. an old, old mentor of mine you know, dr will schutz uh, said to me a long time ago that uh, you know, people connect, and this is in a leadership conversation. He said, leaders connect through vulnerability. They do not connect through certainty. Yeah. And, and 
they, yeah, it's, it's an interesting continuum. Um, mm. And in my experience and a lot of the work that I do with leaders around the world is certainty is one of the things that they aspire to and vulnerability is what they actually need. Yes. Uh, and the, yeah, getting them to that point is, 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 is an interesting process because vulnerability is not a place that people like to go to. Yeah. Particularly men, which is kind yeah. of fascinating. Um, no doubt. So yeah. you know, we're speaking about patterns here. So, you know, you know, one of the patterns, you know, and I kind of go back to your three, uh, three lessons that you pay, you know, that you pay attention to here, yeah. you know, breaking the pattern, um, you know, life begins outside the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's something about that comfort zone that, you know, um, when you lean out to the, to the outside world of, you know, being your, outside of your comfort zone, um, you'll know it's right when it feels like you said, scary enough, but, um, not to the point where it's, it's, it feels like you're, um, you're stressed, you're stressed, but it, there's a feeling of knowing you're on the right mountain. Um, I've been thinking about this mountain analogy where you start climbing a mountain, you're saying, am I on the right mountain? Or if this, is this the, the wrong mountain to be climbing? It's good to feel some amount of discomfort, but if the discomfort makes you feel like you're not becoming the person that you're meant to be, then it's time to start questioning yourself. Okay, is this the right mountain to climb? That's what I'm leaning into lately. That I think is a perfect way of describing access to soul. Yeah. The the soul has a voice that is the voice of truth. And and it's a truth that's resonant with an individual in a very unique way in my experience. Mm. And all too often I I find leaders that I work with are climbing the wrong mountain. They're climbing the mountain of what society has said that they should be climbing or what they think success should look like, that sort of thing. And they've lost themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true with businesses too. They, they get, uh, I think, attached to a certain product uh, line mm-hmm. and this is what got us here. So we're going to keep running this thing. And then as a consequence, they begin to lose connection to that esprit. Yeah. Mm. That innovational piece that is part of the soul that keeps them alive in a very unique way. Yeah. And, it, and, and then you kind of lean into this, whether or not it's um, when is it time to cut your losses and know when to, um, to turn back to safety mm-hmm. and try a new course. Um, yeah which is oftentimes the challenge for people. And that's why it's finding that balance between um, toughing it out and, um, and, and going to that next ledge or uh, pausing and saying, am I on the right path? Is this the right path for me? Even though it's challenging and a challenge is good, is this the right challenge for me? Yeah, it's, it's interesting uh, that, that pause piece in such, mm-hmm. and this is particularly relevant, I think, in this, you know, where I'm leading to with this question, uh, is in the midst of this pandemic that we're experiencing. So when this airs, we'll, we'll be coming out of the backside of this first wave. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to just pause and reflect, yeah, can yeah. give me some very interesting insight. And yeah, and, and listeners, regular listeners of the show have heard me say this before. You know, our, typically our minds are so active that we can't hear the voice of the soul, the cacophony of thoughts, the cacophony of shoulds, all of that stuff that runs through my mind. Yeah. When I'm, yeah. Yeah. Scattered and oriented, yeah. Disorganized and wondering what's next. That pause that allows me to reflect, uh, can be immensely powerful in terms of getting myself back on track. Yeah. That's, 
really well said. And there's something that you that I want to work off of here, and that is the the voice of the soul is the hardest thing to hear. And the reason that comes to mind is because it's so fitting for what we're talking about here. You can't hear yourself if you're constantly moving, and that's the voice that most needs to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, I often talk about, you know, inspiration through honest conversation is this, um, is my tagline, if you will. And um, I love that because inspiration is where, you know, it's inside of you. Oftentimes it comes from within and from outside, but most of it's because you don't have those conversations that are inside of you Mm -hmm. and the deeper conversations of who you truly are asking those questions of who am I, what am I here for? What am I, you know, what am I, who am I serving? Um, you ask the questions, but you never really answer them for yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, that's it. I, somebody, I came across this a number of years ago, but the, uh, I think it was Michael Singer that actually you know, put this in a book that he called uh, the untethered soul. Oh, yes, um, yes. The voice of the, I am is not the same voice that thinks. Mm. And we are so used to listening to that thinking voice that we can't hear the voice of the I am, which is the voice of the soul. Yeah. And I think that then, I mean, at a personal leadership level, at a personal level, you know, that, that's one thing. When I start listening to that as a leader, that becomes very powerful. And then when we start looking at it in the context of business, you know, the business has a soul. Does, does that soul voice, is there space for it to be heard? What wants to emerge? Yeah. Yeah. And particularly as we look at pivoting, you know, coming off of the backside of this pandemic, uh, as as we emerge from, you know, what our business was, it, mm-hmm. yeah, looking to have it go back to what it was is a non-starter, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah and th- there'll be some elements of it, you know, certainly that are in play, but um, we get, we get, we we've got an opportunity here for a reformation. I mean, yeah. when uh, <laughs> when uh, um, a Luther nailed his proclamation on, on the fence post. It was called the Reformation for a reason. The church had to do something completely different yet, mm-hmm. yeah, in, in, in the face of what was an enormous change you know, that was brought on by, uh, by a declaration. And that Reformation, what do I hold on to? What do I let go of? And what do I need to learn new? I think is a really powerful mm-hmm. question for leaders to be asking themselves about their business right now. Yeah. It's, it makes me think of this whole concept of like, for something new to begin, something else has to end. Um, and that is um, a powerful concept for this time. And I think that's something we should really lean into in the sense that um, if there are things that weren't working before, we don't need to return to them. Yeah. Um, and it's refreshing to, to have that come to mind. Now, one, one of the hallmarks of your work is connection. Yes. And, yeah. Just yeah, identifying where it is, forging it and reestablishing. It, yeah. So in the context of which we're speaking right now, going back to what was, well, there was a lot that wasn't working in terms of being disconnected, you know, business yeah. being disconnected from the consequence of some of its actions. I mean, we look at the a despoiled environment. We look at wage disparity. We look at, I mean, just kind of fill in the blank. Yeah. We've got an opportunity here, I think, to reconnect or to connect deliberately you know and this is one of the things i like about uh yeah the way that your organization describes itself inspired purpose coaching mm-hmm. yeah and that is by the way yeah uh tony's company inspired purpose coaching so we're going to come back to that in just a minute here but mm-hmm. the idea of connecting back to that 
and it lives connecting back to an inspired purpose and that is connecting to everything everything is connected in some way in my experience yeah. i mean i grew Absolutely. up on a farm and in, in, uh, i wander around nature and everything is connected i mean some of it looks like it's isolated but it, it's all connected uh, in some way some of it very subterranean but the connection is there i agree i agree and i think we we see the impact now of how well we are connected because of the fact that ooh, sorry something uh, popping up here apologize um the the connection just goes to show you how just even the spread of a pandemic shows you how connected we truly are yeah um because of the fact that it takes just um, a few people and before you know it it's you know spreading across across the world and mm -hmm. so think about from the flip side of that on a positive note if you could have a few people with a positive idea spread um, the other way around and spread a positive idea. That's powerful. That's what I love to see more of is to see that if we can make that type of a connection with people to get them, you know, talking about how to save the environment, mm -hmm. to have business be a power of good in the world. And I'm not trying to sit here and say that business is like a bad player all around. There are some beautiful businesses out there that have done amazing things in the world. And I think we should celebrate them and champion them as much as we can. But we need to kind of be, be each one of us should be a case for being the best players we can uh -huh. be leaders of our own life. And then leaders of, um, of the environment of the um, people around us. I think yeah. that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, business taking responsibility for the whole is, yeah. uh, is, yeah, that is the uh, mission statement of the world business Academy. I'm, I'm on their board. And yeah. that is one of the things that we continuously pay attention to is, you know, business is the most pervasive force on the planet. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing that doesn't get touched by it. And if business leaders and businesses themselves you know, in the abstract are connected to the soul, the soul by definition is, is connection. I mean, that would be mm. another way of describing what soul is. It's the yeah. experience of connection. Um, we're going to be, I think, you know, getting ourselves in a pretty good position, but we had I mean, to, to the point that you uh, made earlier, intentional, inspired conversations. Yeah. Intentional, inspired conversations. How do we go to market in that way? Exactly. Exactly. And with all stakeholders, um, you know, put in mind and the starting point of that is really thinking, how can we ensure that we're not only building great products, but we're building great people, an environment for people. Um, and that's, that's really great. I love that. Yeah. People first um, mentality. Yeah. So. Now you tell us a little bit about your company. When did you start it? So um, I started the company two and a half years ago. Okay. Um, and it's, it's inspired purpose coaching and I focus mostly on, um, helping tech leaders, but I'm open to, you know, helping other folks along the path that, um, it resonates with. Okay. And you're, you're located in the Boston area, but I'm assuming that geographic, uh, limitations don't really apply in, in you know, and I speak from my own experience here. I, you know, I yeah. coach all over the world. Um, Same here. Yeah. So, so I, I have clients all over the place, you know, uh, California, down in South America, um, in Europe. So, uh, so I, I love the diversity of people I talk to. I get a real feel for the challenges that they're facing in their local areas. But it also gives me um, a chance to really bridge the gap um, between, you know, what are 
the the people you know how are these people dealing with their issues in their local markets so oh, it's really great, good great. how can people find out more about your company and about you yeah so they can find out more about me on my website it's inspiredpurposecoach.com um, or they can reach out to me um, on my email tony at inspiredpurposecoach.com and you can set up uh, an inspiration session which is basically a complimentary uh, 30 minute time with me that will walk through and dream bigger for them, which is uh, kind of a fun time to spend together. I love that. Okay. Inspiredpurposecoach.com. Yes. My guest today has been uh, Tony Martinelli. And uh, Tony, I, I just absolutely have loved this conversation. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me today. And um, this has been a really interesting exploration. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of meat here. Thank you so much, Blaine. It was my pleasure to be here. And I'm thrilled to be uh, in your presence. Ah, thank you. Same, same. This is Blaine Bartlett. Uh, you've been listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. And uh, you can find out more about what I'm up to at blainebartlett.com. And I would like to invite all of you to, um, if you're listening, uh, when you are listening, if you're hearing this, and that's, so it's not if you're listening, um, to uh, go to uh, blainebartlett.com forward slash mindset mastermind. Um, pick up a copy of my latest book, uh, The Leadership Mindset Weekly. And join the mastermind group. Um, you, you learn about leadership not by reading about it. You learn about leadership not by going to a training program. You learn about it by being in practice with it. And 52 weeks of practices. That's what we're going to be doing in this mastermind. That's what we, in fact, are doing. And you can drop in anytime in this mastermind program. BlaineBartlett.com, Mindset Mastermind. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.